be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 Pacific, depending on what side of the coast you live on. We're talking the sport of kings. We're drawing in closer. Boys and girls, we're just about making our way through March. Before you know it, the roses will be in bloom. Speaking about in bloom, winning ponies over $1.8 million in exotic payouts and growing by the race. And we definitely hope you are on board. And if not, it is never too late to get hooked up. Color-coded tier levels, handy icons, in-depth jockey trainer stats, blogs, stories, news, all in one place www.winningponies.com on Twitter, on Facebook. All good stuff. Stop gambling, start winning. That's winningponies.com. What's happening this evening? We're going to do a little recap last week, as we always do. I'd like to touch on last week's action, the biggins. That's how we're doing, and hopefully how you're doing. Because without you, there be no us. So check it out, and it kind of gives a little recap of what was going each every day and how many... Total biggins actually were accrued for that day. Hopefully you were locked on a great deal of the big numbers. I usually like to get us going with a story to rolling on the week. Segment two, this week's special guest, man of racing, NTR later, keep affiliate, Turfway Park president, racing fan, Bob Ellison. Good guy for racing. He is the voice that many will want speaking for them. A voice of the fan, voice of someone who loves racing. You got the man in the right seat there. In fact, if he is speaking on your behalf, got a special handicapper, Dangerous Dan, going to be calling in segment three to do some white hot handicapping. Dangerous Dan used to call in all the time, work and and a new baby has kept him kept him pretty tied up, and he has to do his handicapping on the fly and when he can. And, uh, and typically the weekends, but that's always a good thing. And then we're going to finish it up. Maybe a little news, maybe a little bit of more handicapping, just depending on how we're doing for time. we got a big night, so don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. That note in mind, let's jump out and let's take a look at last week's recaps, because just like they said in history class, if you don't know the past, you may be, yep, you may be suffering the repeat, and that's the repeat beat. But we're going to go to the Rebel Stakes at Oakland, a grade two event, $300,000. The factor put away all 
Doubt. Six and three parts of a length from Martin Garcia and Bob Baffert teaming up, shipping into town. The factor by Warfront. Warfront, quite a sire indeed. I, I'm really taking a whole, whole lot of notice. Uh, Polytrack, uh, turf, dirt, you name it, Warfront does it. And the factor did it impressively, beating Caleb's Posse and Arch Arch Arch. The factor, I think, is one to watch. We're starting to narrow our focus. The inside information, a grade two at Gulfstream Park, $150,000 up for grabs. Hilda's Passion was the winner. J.J. Castellan and Todd Pletcher, five and three parts of Lincoln. Santa Ana, a grade two at Santa Anita Park. Mile and an eighth on the weeds. Winner is the one Malibu Pier, Rafael Bejarano. Carla Gaines wins by a solid length. The Azari Stakes, a grade three at Oakland, $150,000. And we got Harvard of Grace, the rolls easy. And we got the money man in town, Ramon Dominguez. For Larry Jones, went by better than three lengths, and Harvard of Grace just oh so impressive. I think she's getting uh, just finer like wine. That uh, this four-year-old filly really did her trick, and blind luck came from out of the clouds and ran a beautiful second. But Harvard of Grace take nothing away from her in the Azari. Tampa Bay Stakes, great through Tampa Bay Downs, and we got doubles partners Julian Lepru in town. Todd Pletcher wins by a dirty neck. The Cicada, great three at Aqueduct. $100,000 up for grabs. Winner, Quantum Miss, Cornelio Velasquez, Tony Dutro, by a half a length. And that is what was happening last week. Also, what's happening on the Biggin front. Biggins are not a braggart stone. It's actually, hopefully, we're celebrating with you. Hopefully, you nailed it down. And on Friday, on March 18th, there were 90 total Biggins. Turf Paradise led the pack. Race number eight, a Superfecta Key, 6,954 even. And then we go into Saturday, March 19th, 128 total big in Sunland Park. Race number five, a super effective key, $3,436. Sunday, March 20th, 72 total big in Oaklawn. Race six, a super effective key, $10,598.80. Monday, March 21st, 42 total big in Mountaineer Park. Race one, a super effective, $4,349.60. Tuesday, March 26th, 22nd, 58 total biggins. Charlie Town, Charlestown, race three, a superfecta. Here's a goodie, $20,181. Not bad shooting if I say so myself. Wednesday, March 23rd, 62 total biggins. Hawthorne, Sweet Home, Chicago, race eight, $3,452.60 for a superfecta. Pretty good dinkum there. And Thursday, March 24th, 27 total biggins. Gulfstream Park, race seven. Superfecta 2029.40. So those are your biggest. Hopefully you were on board because it's not a braggart stone. It's hopefully we can actually brag together. It's it's definitely the exotic predictions are where they need to be. One point almost eight million dollars going to far exceed that. We've got a spectacular weekend on tap for you. And the best part about winning ponies is, you know, if you're if you're dealing with uh, dealing with a data page of what you have, and then you look up there, and oh my goodness, it you know it's open up the clouds, and it's now a muddy track from a fast track. You flip up the weather tab, and you can change it up, and it's a really important icon to have. Now, excuse me, not an icon, but a tool to have. And it gives you a whole new set of icons, a whole new set of predictions, because it takes in consideration different handicapping. Uh, very, very few other sites allow any wiggle room. That is the first that I've seen of that nature. So that's really a helpful hint, especially as spring is coming in and the big stakes are rolling through town. So we talked about the big ones. We talked about the, uh, the recap there. 
of you know I, I like I like to keep up with what's going on because you know if you don't I, I feel like I've almost done something wrong. So I, I jump out and I and I usually try to find a little story here. This is Paul Moran, special to ESPN.com, and and love his stuff. He really puts together some good work, and, and there's a lot of contributors to ESPN.com. And you, about this time of the year, all the way through the Triple Crown, you'll find some incredible, uh, incredible words there. I mean, these men are just, and ladies are just fine, fine writers, and, and they've, they've been doing this for 20 and 30 years. And speaking of someone that might be 21, if, if, he's, uh, if he's about that age now, Mr. Bob Ellison's on hold. We'll jump to him here shortly. And I think you're going to want to stay tuned for that. they got the big weekend of racing at a turfway park not that any other weekend wasn't big but this is the premier marquee race big new sponsor going to let bob talk all about that we're going to jump out to him here shortly we're going to talk about paul moran espn.com and you know what kind of caught my eye is once again the historical fact came in triple crown winner is long overdue according to mr moran 32 years ago, a firm fought off Ali Dar in the Belmont Stakes and won the Triple Crown, the Cherry on the 70 Sunday, a decade of plenty. First, the incomparable secretary, then the fear somehow. Seattle Sloon finally the determined and courageous affirmed. The drought has been endless and persisted through radical change. Now, now I really got a kick out of hearing some of these. It said one affirmed won the last Triple Crown beneath the 18-year-old Stevie Coffin from Northern Kentucky. Yep. From Walton, Kentucky, what a gentleman, what a daggone good rider at 18 years old. The average annual wage when the last Triple Crown winner actually was crowned with the roses there in Louisville, Kentucky, was $10,500. Jimmy Carter was president. Political correctness meant that you voted. Bottled water was introduced to a skeptical American consumer. Water, after all, was free. Gold reached an all-time high of $200 per ounce. In England, Leslie Brown gave birth to the first test tube baby. An average monthly home ownership was about $497 a month. The average cost of a home was around $54,000. Super Bowl was played at night. The Bee Gees were the vanguard of disco, and Boogie Oogie Oogie was a hit. Now, how long ago was that? When you actually can you remember that kind of stuff? I know that I can, and I'll tip my hat to the age, uh, the age meister there. But it's been a while. And according to Moran, he said 10 extremely talented but ultimately denied three-year-olds have sniffed the rarest piece of American sporting history in the last three decades and change. Their bids ended in various spaces of emotion from real quiet's desperate last gaff to Big Brown's bizarre, lifeless, and never-explained journey over the legendary 12 furlongs of Sandy Loam on Long Island, known as Big Sandy Belmont. Racing fans and horse players now approaching middle age, guess he's talking to me now, have never seen a Triple Crown winner, and those long in the tooth have enjoyed the blush of youth when they watched the parade of billions, brilliance that was the 70s await the next if indeed there will be a next in this lifetime. With hope annually renewed, but too long and sometimes cruelly denied, no winner of the Triple Crown remains among the living. Of those who have trained a Triple Crown winner, only Billy Turner, who trained Seattle Slough, walks among us. So a lot of the folks that were actually involved in the game are gone. The appreciation of a Triple Crown, like a fine wine or white truffle, 
requires having savored the experience. Otherwise, the concept is academic. Beyond the apprehension of recent failures, which is an essential ingredient, when wanting and unfulfilling the sight of secretary running a field office feet while leaving would be rival sham, a smoldering shadow en route to an established 31-length legend, and it still stands, a sublimely dominant Seattle sleuth snarling as he dismissed what was left of those who would oppose him in New York, a firm reaching deep within his very soul to his determined rival only exist in memory, film, or at Belmont Park when you actually see the pictures as you walk in. The whole thrust after reading this, it has been a long time. And, you know, I, I, I really don't know if this is the year a Triple Crown winner could be, could be entered into history, etched into stone, per se. But the best part about it is every spring renews hope, rivalry, competition. They come from out of the woodwork. They come from babies along farms from every, every state. It's just not Kentucky. They're all around the nation, and they all come for the same thing. And it would almost be like a gigantic bracket where you see or the basketball brackets where they, you know, they all start off, and there's a great number of runners, and they just kind of filter their way down. Some of them just don't make the great injuries, and they just kind of whittle their way down. So that's why that first Saturday in May is always so special. That's the first leg of the Triple Crown. It renews hope each and every spring for the horse player. For the $2 better to the professional gamer, it's, it's still just as exciting when they play my old Kentucky home. I could live to be 107, and I think that there's never a time that I don't get tears in my eyes. But each and every year, we, we enter in and we always hope, is this the year? Is this the year that you know we have another Triple Crown winner, another Stevie Cawthon, per se? It's, uh, it's kind of like being a lifelong Cubs fan. And uh, it's, it, it times it hurts, but still in each and every time they take it and they take, the, uh, they take that track under my old Kentucky home, hope is always alive and it's always well in the game of racing. Well, it is time to head out to a break after Mr. Moran's story. Very good indeed on ESPN.com. Time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking about a, with a man about racing, racing fan, and a voice for the people who love the sport, Mr. Robert Elliston from Turfway Park. But you only get it here on Winning Ponies. Well, I walk into the room, passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, 
but also the most interesting guests in racing. Fit Pass USA with Larry Hedrick. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winnie Ponies. Once again, I'm Ed Meyer, and we're very honored and pleased to have you with us, because without you, there'd be no us, and eternally grateful there. Be sure to check out Winning Ponies. It's a big weekend. Need big data in hand? And I think we need to speak to our special guest of the week. Winnie Ponies is honored and pleased to have on our special guest, a man of racing, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, a voice for many that love our sport, Turfway President, Mr. Bob Elliston. Bob, are you there? Hey, Eddie, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking time out of your very busy schedule this week. Uh, for those that uh, you know haven't met Bob and acquaintance, uh, he, he's very much a hands-on person, and uh, you, you could see him uh, greeting people at the door and or picking up trash, whatever need be. So it is a busy schedule. Yeah, we're um, matter of fact, I just saw the horses go out of uh, uh, out of the paddock for the seventh here tonight. So uh, you know, if if you're on, make sure you get on and wager a little bit on the seventh at Turfway. There's a nine to five shot here, Eddie Chalkface. That you are. Oh, I knew that was coming. I was <laughs> I was just gonna say, how long would it take before I get called out as a chalk eater, uh, Bob? Uh, for for those out there that are gonna wager all around, because it doesn't matter anymore. Because a lot of people, it's uh, 72 degrees in their homes. What's the weather going to be like in northern Kentucky for the premier weekend? Well, it's going to be a little chilly, um, 47, but no no rain or anything. Of course, it wouldn't matter. We've got an all-weather surface that, that gobbles up the rain anyway. But, but about 47 degrees. Uh, but inside, it's going to be a perfect 70 degrees and lots of fun. And, and uh, if they're if they're listening to you on the radio, Eddie, it's going to be hot inside because they'll be be running up to the windows of cash and big tickets. I love your confidence. We'll just we'll put you down for a five hundred dollar donation right now to <laughs> kick you off right off the gear here, Bob. Once again, welcome back. Uh, you, you've taken time to be with us before, and we we definitely appreciate your time and and your uh, your focus and in direction that you take us. Uh, can you, uh, for our listeners out there, can you give us a little refresher on how you found yourself in the game of racing? Yeah, yeah you know, I grew up in central Kentucky, uh, and actually Richmond, Kentucky, just south of Lexington, and then uh, I was I was living in, in uh, Lexington and, and working in Frankfurt at the time, and uh, 
like a lot of Central Kentuckians in college, we uh, we try not to schedule classes uh, on Fridays during April or October so we could slip over to Keeneland. And, of course, that's where I got to be a fan of the sport, uh, doing that and owning a few small horses uh, in partnership with guys and just got really hooked on, on it. And then... Um, kind of wandered off from there and didn't really didn't work in the business or anything uh i was in banking and uh, i was actually trying to loan the folks here at turfway the money when they acquired it back in uh in march of uh, 99 and at the same time i thought well you know maybe they need a new president out there I, I love the sport i know the market i got a financial background so i sent that along didn't really follow up and uh and then it Actually, they wouldn't let me loan them the money, but they let me come out here and run the place. And that's how I got <laughs> well, in the business. And honestly, Eddie, it's like, uh, it's like a, you know, because we're here in the same market, it's like a kid who grew up as a Cincinnati Reds fan in the shade of Crosley Field. For me, that's how I was going to Keeneland in college, hanging out there in Lexington, and then to be able to work in this great business, uh, I, I, I kind of pinch myself every every week. You know, there's so many people that, you know, that, really can't appreciate it since they're actually not there. I don't think there was a day in any racing uh, world that uh, that when my key hit the door that uh, I was regretful upon being there, that it just it just kind of gets you and it grabs you by the heart, and it's a game that's uh, it'll always be with you. Bob, since uh, 1959, Turfway Park has enjoyed a reputation for being an innovator. Innovation, nighttime racing, first to try and offer simulcast wagering in the state, and then racing took a giant leap with the invention of the poly track for our fans that may not be aware. And a lot of times, you know, you know, is it dirt? Is it poly? I remember once upon a time. But for fans out there of all walks, uh, can you bring us into focus how this has worked for Turfway, the poly track? Sure. It, it, it's actually been incredible here. Um, you know, we're, we're primarily a winter racing surface. So we start up about the 1st of December and go through uh, uh, the 1st of April or so. Now, we do have a September meet uh, for a brief time, but most of our, our racing is done when, when the weather's not very cooperative. And uh, as you know, uh, there would be many, many, many winters where we could lose two, three weeks at a time because the surface was primarily freezing and thawing and becoming unsafe and uneven. So we went to the poly track thinking that uh, it would allow us to have a more consistent surface, allow us to uh, run more often uh, and, and, and provide a consistent product for our fans. And that's exactly what it's done. Uh, and at the same time, I can tell you, Eddie, it's, been, it's dramatically improved our safety record. Uh, we see far, far, far fewer catastrophic breakdowns. Uh, the trainers here, the riders here, uh, talk about how consistent the surface is, and uh, and and so we, that's why we went into it. Those were the things we wanted to accomplish with it, and and we've nailed it in every in every regard. I think safety being first and foremost uh, for both horse and rider. A friend was chatting with me of something I, I didn't read or pick up or where wherever he got it. I, I'm I'm unsure, but he said I believe there was 13 breakdowns at uh, Santa Anita. You know, a racetrack oval is just not just throw it down and they will come. I mean, it has to be manicured. It's round-the-clock work. It's uh, And with poly track, I mean, as you said, you know, okay, we might get a little bit of rain, but we can gobble it up and it comes right off. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, You know, I know there's a great debate out there. Uh, it still rages on about uh, uh, dirt or, or synthetic or whatever. Here's my theory on it. If you've got a good dirt course that's safe, then you got to keep your dirt course. 
But if you've got a problem with a safety record that's above the national average, uh, you got to look into that and, tr- and to see what, what you're doing to maintain that surface. The same thing is the case in synthetics. I, I happen to believe that it's, it's absolutely the right decision for us. I think the Santa Anita decision, once upon a time, uh, for whatever reason, didn't work out initially. And I know they continue to, to work with their, uh, their dirt service. And I, and I know the folks out there are extraordinarily committed to uh, getting the right answer for, for, for the California racing. And, and they will do so, but it takes time. And we all learn from these situations. And, uh, uh, but at its core, every racetrack, I think, wants to do right by the horse. And if you, if you always keep that as your focus, I think, uh, I think you'll ultimately get there. And it's an awfully expensive proposition for, uh, for a track to be undertaking in the name of safety, but I don't think there's any cost that, uh, you know, can actually be, uh, be put on the, you know, the, someone's livelihood, uh, someone's life and, or, and, or, and, and I never hear about it anymore. And on the racetrack, you hear about, oh, you know, so-and-so came back a little gimpy, you know, so-and-so, you know, you know, had a, had a bad, bad, t- you know, I hear very little of that. It doesn't look like they run as brilliant and bright as maybe when the tracks were tuned up, you know, 30 and 40 years ago, when they when they'd run a 108 flat on the big sure. stakes day. But it looks it looks solid. It looks safe. It, it looks like it it provides a cushion base. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. I think these horses get very fit on them, and we've had horses that uh, you know move up uh, uh, onto a dirt surface after they've run on a synthetic. I, you know, we I've talked a great deal about that this week, uh, as as we're one of the the major prep races as we get closer to the Derby, and we're one uh, the Kentucky prep races, for example, here in the Bluegrass and the Lexington and Keeneland. We're uh, we're significant opportunities to punch your ticket for the Derby, but some have question marks about well. Last prep on a synthetic, and then they got to run on the dirt at Churchill. And then I always remind folks: a little horse named Hardspun, uh, <laughs> who who ran a big race here and won the uh, won the then the lanes in, and and when of course uh, ran a, ran a winning race, and Calvin slipped up the rail and got him uh, on the first Saturday in May, and, and of course that fall, you know, Street Sense came back here, uh, and those two hooked up in the Classic uh, on Kentucky Cup Day. So a lot of times I think you see these horses really move up. Uh, after they've had a good work or a good uh, race, a hard race as a prep uh, here here at Turfway. On the heels of that note right there, this Saturday is the, correct me if I'm wrong, you know numbers and myself, sometimes we get a little parted in the way, the 40th running of the spiral stakes? Yeah, 40. Isn't that something? Wow. It really, it really is a testament to John Battaglia. Um, you know, the, the, of course, Mike Battaglia's father, the longtime general manager here who envisioned the spiral uh, to, to have these horses uh, – who were who were coming up uh, late in their kind of three-year-old season? I say late for the Triple Crown, but but their their talents were you know these horses changed a lot. Their talents were growing, and they were they were literally spiraling up to the to to the big dance in the first Saturday in May. And so, 40 years later, here we are. New name on it: the Vinery Racing Spiral Stakes, Grade Three, five hundred thousand dollars up for grabs, a mile and an eighth. Very nice race indeed. This race has produced in the past a Derby winner in Little T ninety two, three Preakness and two Belmont winners, as Bob was saying, and the Kentucky Cup. And you know they they can even be heard from in the Breeders' Cup uh, races. But uh, those are just so tack on tough uh, tough heats to take down anybody anywhere. 
But, you know, this race and this day has always been really special in my, in my heart. There's 12 races on the card with a first post time of 110 in four undercard stakes. Uh, best simulcast action from around the world. Short of maybe Derby Day and Bluegrass, this, this might be right up there with it. Oh, there's some incredible racing going on, not only here, but you got, the, of course, the, the World Cup from Dubai in the morning. And so we'll have folks, uh, as they say, uh, uh, you know, with breakfast at Wimbledon. We'll be having breakfast from Dubai uh, <laughs> here on Saturday morning when the folks stop in here about 9 o'clock and bet that card. And, of course, you got uh, our racing and you got the Louisiana Derby, the Sunland Derby. I mean, there's something for everybody this weekend. And, and our races are, are just extraordinary. I mean, I was looking at the spiral uh, after the draw, and I mean, there's seven stake winners in there. And it's and it's it may be one of the deeper, uh, wide open uh, spiral I, I've seen in quite a while with some very very solid horses. Well, that's about where I was going to take you next. I, I you knew it was going to come. Uh, I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. Race ten, a mile and an eighth, Grade three, five hundred grand up for grass, Bob. We got a fine assembly here, and uh, I'll tell you what, the better looking guy gets to go first, and that would be you, my friend. <laughs> Well, you know, as I said, there are seven stake winners in here. They're coming from everywhere. We got we got Doug O'Neill shipping in from the West Coast. Of course, positive response to uh, who won an impressive race um, in the Bataglia after shipping from Golden Gate is here. Um, they're coming from Florida. The, uh, Gary Contessa and Rick Violet are sending them from New York. I mean, the trains are running here, man, and they are, they have come. And uh, I think it's a very, very interesting race for a lot of reasons. One, the favorite three to one lukewarm uh positive response ran a huge race here one by seven last out but he pretty much had the pace to himself i think he got a bunch of lick in here now decisive moments going to be up there uh wheeling dealing on the front end and and i think that that heat is going to be uh very interesting to see if positive response can repel it and and move on i'm not even sure he's going to get the lead to be honest with you so I, I think it's going to be a completely different race than the Bataglia. So then you've got some very nice horses that will lay just off that. Uh, matter of fact, you know, King Kanji, uh, the West Point horse, I think is, is a very live horse. He, he basically has won three in a row um, uh, just stalking it from, you know, mid-pack. Uh, but he got disqualified in the Hallandale Beach. But uh, uh, I think there, there's a very capable horse. And what an interesting story that is, how, how heartwarming it would be uh, in memory of Kanji DeVito and the fine folks at West Point if he could get to the winner's circle and punch his ticket. So uh, it's, it's going to be an extraordinary race. So you asking me to pick one? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You're not. I was trying to get away from. I was just going to give you my rundown and slip on out of here without saying anything. No, not today. <laughs> Got to put your feet to the flames, my friend. You know, I think, I think, uh, I think King Kanji has a very live shot. I think Graham Motion's horse, uh, Animal Kingdom, uh, who ran a very big race on the turf down at Gulfstream. Uh, has a big shot if he can take to the poly track like he did when he broke his maiden at Keeneland. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm going to throw I'm going to throw positive response in there. Probably I don't know that he's going to win. I think he'll stay, he'll he'll hang and stay there uh, and catch a piece of it. But uh, ultimately, I'm thinking King Kanji and Animal Kingdom keyed on top of of. Uh, I actually might throw Tap Town in there because I think he may move forward. He, he he would have made a bigger run, my guess is, at positive response if the pace would have been a little better in the Bataglia. So King Kanji and Animal Kingdom on top with Tap Town, positive response, and, uh, and Twin Spire below him. Tap Town, uh, 
handled by the uh, longtime hand over there, hot hand, uh, Wayne Mogi, a local guy that could take it, I think, to a, to a much higher degree. Uh, he's always dangerous when he saddles one, especially on his home track. So, uh, you know, uh, to, to throw it, to toss him out of there, I think it was, would be a fool's move, but I love Animal King to Bob. I, I really do. Alan Garcia, this is second off a layoff, turf to dirt. And when you're two years old and you go back and you win a mile and an eighth race at Keeneland by three, and you have the same type of surface there. I'm just going to play the odds. I love Graham Ocean's runners. Alan Garcia is uh, one of my favorite rides and shoots a bullet down at Palmos, which is a very deep oval over the turf. I think this Colt comes in really fit this week. Yeah, I think you're right. Graham Ocean won this one a couple years ago with a horse named Adriano. Uh, he knows his way around the surface. He's a fantastic conditioner. And uh, Alan Garcia has been very hot recently. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty solid bunch here uh, that, that, that are going to be um, taking on uh, these folks for Team Valor. And he's going to have my $2 and, uh, and my, my rooting interest there. I really, really like the way that it sets up for this cult. Bob, uh, I'm going to end up right now. Uh, we usually end our interview with a little segment I like to call the Final Four uh, as the basketball games are taking place and you're watching with the uh, mute button on. <laughs> uh, it's four questions, rapid fire. It's just like Jeopardy without the money. Are you ready? Right. Bring okay. it on. Question number one, living in the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, where is the best place to eat? Jeff Ruby's steak. I had one last night. I think it's the best steak in the entire country. Uh, yeah, Peter Luger, we're talking nope. Sparks. Jeff or... Ruby's. I'm telling you, I've been to them all, Eddie. Okay. Sparks, right. Gallagher's, Luger, Strip House, <laughs> Gene and George Eddie's. You've seen me. I'm still wearing most of these steaks, but Ruby's is the best. <laughs> Sounds good, and I concur there. Uh, question number two, do you attend many of the morning workouts? I do, actually. You know, my office is adjacent to the paddock. So every morning uh, I'll grab a cup of coffee. I'm in here by 7.30, and uh, I'll grab a cup of coffee, and uh, I'll find my way to, to the rail most mornings as long as the, the um, mercury is north of 32 degrees. <laughs> fair enough. It's fair enough that the, the boss said, uh, we'll get out there, and I have seen you out there in the morning. Uh, advice to anyone that is on the fence and wants to become a new owner of a, of a thoroughbred racehorse. We'll do it. Uh, make sure you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, just like any, any decision you make like that. Make sure you've got good folks you're working with. Feel trustworthy uh, in the folks who are taking care of your horses. I'd do it in partnership, to be honest with you, some other friends, and, and use it as, as an experience. Don't just pay the bills. Don't just go watch your horse and go home. Get to the track with your friends and, and treat it like that as an entertainment option uh, like the folks at West Point do, like Team Valor does, and, uh, and really enjoy the racetrack with friends. I always looked at it as it was like uh, your, your version of owning the Yankees, no matter if you owned a cheap clamor or you know, a stakes horse. It, it didn't matter. It was, it was your own sports franchise that you came out with wearing your colors, just like you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they wear their colors. Uh, it, it's kind of your sports franchise, and I've always thought of it as such. Final question for you. In 10 years, racing will see revival or will the landscape change greatly? I think both. I think the landscape will change dramatically. I think it's necessary that it changes dramatically. And I think there are a lot of committed folks who are talking about 
transformation of this great sport that we're privileged to work in. So uh, I'm I'm all in and trying to to make that happen. We we have had some very difficult times over the last few years. Uh, I've had enough of it. Let's let's put our heads together and figure out a way out of the darkness and and let's uh, let's restore the the, the grand grandeur of this of this great lady. Agreed completely. Uh, as as I said earlier, uh, what a great voice for the for the fans of the sport, uh, uh, Kentucky and beyond. Bob, this Saturday, the 40th running of the Vinery Racing Spiral Stakes, five hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. Twelve races on the card. First post time a one ten four under card stakes. An incredible day of simulcast on and off the track. Uh, it's going to be a terrific day. On behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to wish you and yours the best, and may the wagering gods smile kindly on you for your marquee day, Bob. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Eddie. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks. Bob Bellison, Turfway Park, Turf president and uh, racing fan and quite a voice for uh, racing folk all around. Yeah, I'm going to jump out to somebody right now. We're no no break here. We're going to jump out to Dangerous Dan. Dan, are you there? I'm here, Ed. Dan, it's good to hear your voice, my friend, because it is time that we just break it all down, make it happen. And you know what? I'm tired of you dodging because I know you've been making money and you haven't been sharing. Well, I was with you last Friday night, if I remember, Ed. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you were pretty hot, if I if I do remember. I think you might have been drinking, Dan. That's congratulations. You might have been drinking. Wait, you have some great news, correct? Oh, yes. You announced it last week. Uh, me and my wife, Amy, have been blessed with uh, another child. Uh, uh, our son, Alexander Daniel, was born last Tuesday. Mommy and baby are fine. Uh, two-year-old daughter, Alyssa, is not doing too well with it, but she'll get used to him. <laughs> by the time she's three and ready for the Oaks, she'll be just fine. And uh, and about that time, you have number three coming down the pike, Dan. You know, let's do what you do best. It's been a long time since we've actually heard your voice. I said uh, work and family life has kept you away from your daily uh, daily calls, and we've always appreciated your handicapping. Let's start in Maidan, and let's go to race number seven. I believe we were looking at the mile-and-a-half turf, the Dubai Shima Classic, uh, slated to go off 12.50 Eastern time, $5 million up for grabs, Dan. Yeah, there's a horse in there I really like a lot, Ed. I love the five Redwood. I think he's installed here at 8-1. to one. High Chaparral, his sire, trained by Barry Hills. Never runs a bad one, actually. The, the Canadian International back in October only missed by a head. Was the favorite that day. Lost to Joshua Tree. This horse never runs bad, and he actually uh, has never been uh, out of the money but one time in his last nine starts. So, to me, he looks or actually two two times on his last nine starts. Got over a million dollars in the bankroll, but he loves the turf and he loves the distance. He's five or six at the distance, and and I think he stands out here, Ed. I, I agree completely. That that's who I have at eight to one. Uh, Redwood uh, Barry Hills is, is a very fine conditioner in France, and then you've seen him make some trips up to Woodbine. You know, shipping in uh, from the Hong Kong Voss, uh, I believe that was a million eight up for grabs, and uh, you know, maybe switching back to a little more familiar surroundings, the, the, the shipping alone has to be just incredible here. It's a five-year-old son of High Chaparral, but Dan, I'm just going to say, I agree with you completely. You touched on some great great uh, topics there about the Canadian International was just rolling like a freight train, and, and I'm thinking that Hong Kong might have played a role. Ran a beautiful second, but uh, that shipping can be crazy. Okay, on to race number eight. It is the mile and a quarter Dubai World Cup race, slated to go off 135 Eastern. $10 million up for grab. The richest 
race in the world, if I'm not uh, not mistaken. Dan, is it held somewhere else that I don't know about? Uh, I know there's a big race in uh, Hong Kong, but I think this tops it. Well, $10 million up for grabs, and, and I heard they've got a state-of-the-art facility in Maidan, and it's a mile and a quarter, Danny. And, you know, you brought up a really good point that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with. This is a synthetic surface. Yeah, it's, it's Tapita, I believe. Uh, uh, Michael Dickinson, I think, came up with this surface. Remember him from the Dahoss days? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tapita is it's it's more of a resilient and and I believe can take the heat and they they've got a whole lot of that over there you know uh, which they can get a lot of rain which can wash tracks away turf courses are some of the best in the world Dan they're looking at upwards of you know fifty thousand almost sixty thousand people being on hand this is going to be quite a day and as I said well it's going to be in the afternoon for us one thirty five Eastern but it'll be in the the later evening for them Dan eighth race lead us on with May Dan. I, I got to go with fly down it. Uh, the one, uh, Nick Zito, Julian Lepero in the irons. My my big angle here is the only loss to who I thought should be horse of the year, Blame, in the classic by three and a half lengths, Ed. And uh, came back in the uh, Don. Uh, Giant Oak ran a monster that day. Uh, only lost to him by five. But I, I look for uh, Zito to have this horse ready. And, uh, you know, four year old Colt by Mineshaft, I know he can go to distance. Julian Lepero in the irons, correct? That is correct. And, you know, if he's, if he's going all that way, you know that he thinks he has a shot. I'm going to go, I, I, don't, I don't know if you can call it a horse for course, a seven museer, five to one. Christophe Soumian is, uh, has the mount, ran second in the Mock Tomb Challenge. It was a grade, a group two event, uh, very nice indeed. Five starts, three wins, and two seconds. So that's five for five in the money. You're getting five, five to one. I love this rider. I, I think he is just tremendous. Mike DeCock is an incredible trainer, and uh, what, what he does, I believe he comes from South Africa. I think this Australian bred here, Musir, is just going to tear them up. I actually went, went back and I got to see the last race, and, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to box up with Julian Lepreau making, uh, making the, the change of uh, about 12 different uh, time changes and uh, traveling all the way. But take a peek at Musir with Dan's top pick, and I, and I don't think you can at least go too far off kilter. Dan, let's shift back to uh, Kentucky, and uh, we're going to go to Turfway Park. It is their marquee race day, and uh, it is, uh, I think, I think for uh, Northern Kentuckians, I think it's a rite of spring, and it's, uh, it's almost like the Derby comes to Northern Kentucky. Agreed? I agree. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a very, it's, if you're ever, if you don't go to Turfway, if you ever go to one day, get, go Saturday. Because it, it's just uh, it's a fabulous time, and uh, the the racing's really good, and it'll be a good crowd, and you will have a good time. And the best in simulcast action, they've got a whole lot of everything for it. I think you know their efforts speak for themselves, and you know even even in the toughest of times, they not manage, but they do it with such uh, you know such held, head held high efforts here, uh, and, and we're going to kick it off first with race number eight, the Bourbonette Oaks. It's a grade three, $100,000 one-mile event. It's for Philly three-year-olds. Danny, your turn. Lead us on. I love the 10, Harlan's Ruby. He, she won the Valdale last time out. Uh, Perry Utes riding for Ken McPeak. Uh, it's a three-year-old Philly by Harlan's Holiday by St. Bellotto Mayor Smiling Eyes. Uh, the way this Philly did it last time was very workmanlike. Uh, got carried out wide, and, and, and Perry just basically uh, just steered her in the right direction, and, and she went that way. 
I a uh, very capable uh, rider, Utes is. A lot of people will go to these riders shipping in, but I'm telling you, this Harlan Ruby is for real. And I would use the horse that I ran second in the Valdale as, as the exact that kitten's dancer for my, Mike Maker, Victor LeBron, three-old Philly, uh, Kitten's Joy, you know, the Ramseys. I mean, you can't go wrong there. So uh, I'm, I'm just staying with the 10-6 here, Ed. And, and I've got one here that I'm going to box up with the two that you spoke about. This one, I, I don't know, maybe when they all said and done, might be a little bit better of a price. And that would be Marion Ravenwood, I believe, the three. Once again, Alan Garcia and Graham Motion. If, if, if it serves me correct and it does happen, it's going to be a great day for me. Uh, Graham Motion, Alan Garcia teaming up. This is three off a layoff, Dan. And it looks like Marion's rib is just aching out for more more ground to run. I'm going to go from seven furlongs you know, uh, to a mile here. You're going to get an extra furlong to play with. Danny Centeno uh, was on a beaten favorite all slow last time out. Uh, and uh, Graham Motion went 20% with his shippers here. I think that uh, Marion Ravenwood is going to run big because I see a lot of AP, AP Indy runners doing incredibly well on the polytrack surface, Dan. Yeah, that's a very nice bread filly. I, I looked at, I looked at it, looked at it. The uh, the off slow middle move. I know you love that middle move, mm-hmm. and uh, was second best. You know, but I I think uh, I think this horse might be the favorite. And like Bob said, you do eat a lot of chalkhead. <laughs> you know what? I got to take it any way I get it, man. I mean, uh, you know, if it's two to one or twenty two to one, uh, hey, I'm I'm gonna try to cash a ticket. Uh, they don't do much good on the floor, and they you know they don't make uh, really good firewood. In the ninth race, Danny the Rushway. It's a mile and a sixteenth, a hundred thousand dollars for three-year-olds. This is kind of the little brother to the uh, Vinery Racing uh, Spiral Stakes. Yes, I agree with you, Ed. Um, if this horse was in in the Vinery, I would bet him still. I love the two Crimson China, uh, Giants Causeway, three-year-old Colt, Alan Garcia for Grand Motion. Uh, the horse just, you know, his last race at Gulfstream, looked workmanship. He was 6-1, to one, had Raheem Murad in the irons that day, was swung wide and up in time, as the comments say. Previous trained by Brian Meheen. So, uh, me, did I say that right? Meheen? Yeah, Meheen. you got it. Meheen. Anyway, um, this horse is, uh, it's going to be his third race on the synthetic, and he's 2 for 2 on the synthetic, and he's never ran a bad one yet. And, and, I, and I think this horse is very nicely bred, and I think this horse will be run. I think this horse is going to win for fun, Ed. You know, Dan, I, I really like uh, Crimson China as well. And the best part about this is if I was to show you what I was looking at, because it was as soon as it came out that there was no odds installed. So that means what, what, what I'm actually looking at, uh, you, know, you can't call me the chalk eating weasel. I can't tell you right now if it's 9 to 5 or uh, 29 to 1. But uh, just like what you're saying, I, I agree completely. you got three starts, two wins in a second. This is second time. This is the second time off of a layoff we're going to go turf to the poly track. And if you take a look at those two poly tracks at Wolverhampton and Kempton Park, two very nice uh, uh, ovals indeed. And you saw the very first time, 33 to 1. This is the next time they didn't let let him get away at that uh, son of a Giants Causeway, Dan. I think is going to relish the poly. And then you've got a very nice Palmetto's work of 103 and 4. Yeah, and you know, Team Valor doesn't buy it. They, they they get some good stock, and it's a Team Valor own. And uh, Grand Motion knows how to train. That's for sure. Well, that's what I said. If if in fact 
he has a good day than than I did. If not, then Graham and I we can uh, we can commiserate and uh, cry on our beer together. Race number ten, a mile and an eighth, uh, Grade Three Spiral Vinery Racing Spiral Stakes, new sponsor, five hundred thousand dollars up for grass for three year olds. Mile and an eighth. This is definitely a Derby prep, Dan, and it's one to be taken for serious. Yeah, that is true. Um, you know, I, I really liked Positive Responses last race, but the thing, and Bob touched on it, uh, he pretty much had everything his own way. I don't think that's going to happen today. And I think Bob looked at my picks because I love the eight King Kanji. And uh, <laughs> uh, Badge of Silver, uh, uh, I think he's uh, an underestimated sire. He's a very good horse. And, uh, you know, you got to have your Castellano, and if, you know, you better get out of his way or he'll take a swing at you, just ask Calvin. But, um, we're lucky you know, that didn't go any further. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hallandale Beach winner, uh, one by a head is the favorite, drifted out badly in the stretch, disqualified in place third. We'll look at his two before that, you know, the Tropical Park Derby wins that. He, this horse, I think, is uh, learning learning how to do it. You know, his first race, he loses by 20 to Uncle Mo at Saratoga, and you would think, that, oh, maybe we we don't have anything here. Breaks his maiden, you know, two starts later on the turf. This horse should love the synthetic. You would hope so, Dan. They say that the turf runners are transferring very nicely. Gulfstream Park shippers overall are doing very well at Turfway Park. I've noticed, you know, throughout the meet. I mean, they're not winning in 80 percentile range, but but I've seen them coming up and doing very well. West Point Thoroughbreds, JJ Castellano, Tom Albatroni, they they do really well together. These two guys, the last two months, are 67 percent in the money. This is a stone cold closer, Dan. I like your King Con you bit to be coming out of the pack but uh, the the runner that and I was chatting with Bob about is Animal Kingdom Alan Garcia and Graham Motion again and uh, you're getting second time off a layoff but if you go back two races ago as a two year old wins a mile and an eighth race at Keeneland on the poly track is an incredible favorite uh, actually I don't think this three year old Colt has run a bad race I love the tandem of Garcia and Motion teaming up you got another Palm Beach workout that is just blisteringly nice over the deep oval and I'll tell you what I mean if you box your horse and my horse I mean you know of taking the two now this is someone that you actually mentioned in passing to me about a week or so ago can we throw in twin spires to round out our exacta yeah and I'll tell you why um Got a little little phone call last week from a friend of a friend to a friend of an owner of Twinspired of one of the owners, and uh, I saw the race Twinspired ran last time. He did stumble badly at the start, and he was he was hung wide. And rumor has it is he may have lost a shoe. So you can use him in Exacta. I uh, made a huge bet on him uh, in the uh, Bataglia. And he just—he had everything against him from the start. Throw that race out and look to see. Surprised that LeBron got this mount. I was surprised that they didn't use one of the hot hands. But LeBron is definitely a good jock. He's—he's had a lot of success at Turfway. I would have probably liked to have seen maybe. Corey Lannery back on him, but nothing against Victor. He may be able to get the job done. But I think King Kanji is going to be tough. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think we've got our top pick there, but you know I'm kind of trying to round out a, a gimbo here. I'm going to take your horse, my horse, and Twinspired, and uh, broke his maiden at Keeneland, uh, son of Harlan's Holiday. Victor LeBron's winning 26 percent, Maker 33 percent. 
together, they are 68% of the money in the last couple of months. You know, Landry's a great rider, and nothing against. But Victor LeBron is a very nice spot rider, and uh, you'll see him uh, ship down to Florida. You'll see him back to Kentucky. No matter where, he's uh, he's racked up some frequent flyer miles. You know, and he really looks good to me, Dan. It's Actually, I hate to see it that, you know, your all-weather uh, streak was broken. You had three starts and two winners. And if, in fact, you know, what we're, what we're hearing about, you know, the possibility of a loss, you bobbled five wide, went back and took a look at the race as a, as a, as a heavily backed uh, runner, that, in fact, if they get the shoe condition, I don't think the 11-hole can hold back Twin Spires. Mike Maker does incredible. He won the fall meet. And uh, he won the fall meet, and uh, Victor LeBron is, is his go-to guy on certain occasions here. Anyway, I think Twin Spire might, might give us a run for our money. What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, he, I think he's going to be overlooked, and I think there's value there. And uh, I think he'll be running at the end for sure. Okay, Dan, we're going to round up a little bit of value here. We're going to go to the big easy. That is the fairgrounds. That is race number eight. And that is a mile and 16th fairgrounds oak. It's a grade two event. $500,000 for three-year-old fillies. Mile and 16th, Danny. Fairgrounds, eighth race. I love the 10 and glorious uh, Jose Carroll for, you know, Chantal Sutherland's riding Jose Carroll. Uh, this horse just uh, ran second in the race to Alexander, was off slow and finished well. And and this horse does nothing but but – I mean, three starts, two wins in a second. Won a couple uh, Canadian stakes races up in Canada. Chantel's been on this horse every start. One start at Fairgrounds was 4-1. to one. Uh, I love this horse. The horse inside of her, Niji's grand girl, you got Garrett Gomez for Kimmick Peak, and this three-year-old filly by Candy Ride. You cannot dismiss this horse either. Ran third in the Florida Oaks. Uh, Dyn- dynamic holiday came back and won the winner of the Florida Oaks. Her next start, so you you can uh, you can uh, take a look at his outside here, ten nine, and to round it out, I'd use the five Daisy Devon, uh, James Graham for Andrew McKeever, and Andrew McKeever's like thirty two percent for the year. Agreed. Your Niji's grand girl, uh, Kenny McPeak, is the thirty three percent winner there. I agree with you on Inglorious there. I like second off a layoff. Coming back from Woodbine, uh, did, it seemed like this uh, filly by Hennessy, Dan, actually uh, loves, uh, you know, the, the poly, the dirt, and possibly the grass, broken glass. It doesn't matter. I don't think the 10 hole is actually going to stop this runner. A mile and 16, Chantel Sutherland, quite a rider. Also finished well in the grade three Rachel Alexander. Uh, Josie Carroll, as you brought up, is, is a very nice trainer indeed. And last year they were winning 24% as a tandem. I think due out of the 10 hole, Dan, I, I see us probably getting a pretty good price what do you think i mean sh- should i should i just focus on inglorious or should i go gimmicks i would i would i would uh f- focus on inglorious I-, I think if you go five to two two to one it's a, it's a nice nice play just because uh i mean look at the breeding on the source hennessy by a smart strike mare noble strike and uh that is just that is really good breeding and this horse i think has a future on the turf I agree with that one there. You know what? Uh, it, you talked about Niji's grand girl. Now, Kent DeSormo, uh, I call him Sleepy DeSormo. My buddy calls him DeSormex. Uh, he actually jumps off, and he's riding St. John's River for Andrew Leggio, and uh, that might be one to take in consideration as well there, St. John's River. And, uh, you know, Dan, uh, uh, this is something on a day like this you definitely want to check in with about winning ponies because they hit the pick six at Santa Anita. I mean, today. I mean, for 29654 so, you know, 
these are the days that I think you really need to focus and have your data in hand. I know that you will. I, but, you know, I mean, for listeners out there, I mean, because you and I, we, we'd be betting uh, on, uh, on, on which, uh, which uh, you know, a rabbit could uh, beat the other one to the bushes first. I mean, we, we would go with anything. But for players out there, I think it's really important to have your data in hand and, and be ready. Dan, let's finish your handicapping up. I believe we got ourselves about a minute or so here. Race number 10, a mile and an eighth at uh, Fairgrounds, the grade two Louisiana Derby. Danny, for $1 million, lead us on. Well, you know, I, I, I let my boy handicap this one, and I, I put him up here. He's only a week old. And he said, Daddy, the 11's a lock. Elite Alex, Tim Ritchie, Calvin Burrell. They, they skipped the – I really do like this horse. They skipped the uh, Rebel uh, last week. They scratched the run here. They, they drew outside. I don't think it's going to matter. They were saying, you know, outside at Oakland's a heck of a lot different than outside at Fairgrounds. And uh, he should get a good stalking trip. Um, he, he, uh, what, what I think is even more important about it is Arch, Arch, Arch last week was up close to the pace with uh, the factor. He didn't, like, back off and make a run. He, he kind of was the only horse that was up close early with the factor. And he held on for third. And if this horse loses to Arch, Arch, Arch by two with six wide in the southwest, I think uh, this – Three-year-old Colt by Fleet Ox has a big chance. And if you look inside of him, Ed, there's a half-brother to blame, the 10, trained by Albert Stahl, owned by Claiborne Farm and Adele DeSchneider, ridden by the name of the horse's left. And and I think this horse has, has a big shot to to hit the board as a price. I'm boxing them, too, 11-10. I think M- Macho Mucho Man, I think, is going to be overbet and – I think he's going to need to have things his own way to win. I don't like his holy bull race at all. Agreed with your – I like your two outside picks. I'm going to go one more to the inside with Wilkinson, 8-1, to Garrett Gomez. This is a very honest cult by Lemon Drop Kid. I'm going to take your two, put mine in there, and maybe for the Dime Super, I'm even going to throw in Mucho Macho Man just to get a piece of the action. Well, Dan, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing, and uh, this week, definitely no difference. Winning Ponies would like to thank our special guest, Bob Ellison from Turfway Park, president of Turfway Park, and Dangerous Dan, the handicapping man. It was great to hear from you, Dan. It was good to be on, Ed. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, can we uh, tap you up as we get a little closer to the Triple Crown? Yeah, I'll do what I can. That's what we like to hear. And definitely for you for taking your time to tune in. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.